This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Connolly. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our next guest, if you follow him on X, is described as the gas price guy, oil and refined products, gasoline, etc. Analyst, gas price myth buster and fact checker, bourbon lover, data lover, DePaul alum. What I like best is Myth Buster. That is Patrick DeHaan, the Gas Buddy guy from Gas Buddy. How are you, Patrick? I'm good, Tony. It feels like we've been talking long enough for me to be a fossil at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get after the analysis. What's the gas prices looking like in the state of Michigan here? Well, not too shabby. We have bounced up a little bit in the last week. We call that price cycling. It happens every couple of weeks when stations start selling below their replacement costs. We do tend to see prices swing wildly back to the upside. So compared to last week, Tony, the average today in Michigan is about 343 a gallon. And as I said, that's up from 326 a week ago. At the same time, Tony, the national average has declined from 343 a week ago to about 338. So the national average is going down. I do expect now with last week's price jump in Michigan, that happened last Friday, prices have been starting to recede a little bit. To give you an example, Michigan's average is down about a half a penny so far today. The good news for Michigan is I think most of this week, we should see prices drifting lower. As I said, those price cycles happen every two or so weeks. And so if one just happened last Friday... It may take another week for us to see another one. By and large, Tony, the price of oil is now at its lowest level since August, $79 a barrel earlier today, but we've fallen to $77. And now keep in mind, there's been a lot said about the Department of Energy filling the SPR back up. Just a month ago, the Department of Energy said, we're ready at $79 a barrel, Tony, and we're below that. So we'll have to see if the Department of Energy, which does have active solicitations to acquire crude oil, Hopefully, they're going to be acting on that to buy oil back up to fill the SPR. When the government does refill those reserves, will they make that public? They will. There will be executed contracts that we can go back and look at at what those prices were. We can do that for you know the past administrations. Whenever there's a sale or an acquisition, that is all public record. Why are prices going down, not only for crude, but for gasoline here? Well, Tony, I think a lot of it has to do with a little bit of pessimism and diminishing risk. Russia's war in Ukraine now, I think we've been at it in this situation, that is, for, what, probably 18 to 20 months or so. So there's decreasing risk there. There's decreasing risk in the Middle East now as we're a month beyond when Hamas launched attacks on Israel. And so far, we haven't seen an escalation. There is risk there, though, but it's diminishing over time because the longer you progress after the starting of the event, I think it's safe to say that the coast is slowly clearing. But by and large, Tony, also the seasonal factors, gasoline demand decreasing in the United States as we get into the colder weather. We did see snow fly across much of the Great Lakes already. Americans tend to hunker down and stay closer to home. That reduces demand. In addition, we're back to cheaper winter gasoline. So all of this really kind of pessimistic for oil prices, which have struggled, and that's paved the way for gas prices, at least the national average, to continue falling for seven straight weeks. You mentioned that retail sellers are selling gasoline below replacement costs. Why? They were earlier last week. That's what triggered the price hike in Michigan. Usually when you get Tony 5 to 10% of stations in a given area that are selling below replacement costs, that's usually when you start to see stations making that jump up that they refresh their price based on the current cost and whatever their profit margin is. 
So Tony, we did see, and I took full advantage of it when I drove back from Michigan a couple of weeks ago, there were stations in South Haven at 280 a gallon. Those stations were basically at or slightly below cost. Interestingly enough, there's some stations in the UP of all places. We don't often see a price war in the Upper Peninsula, but I know it's a little early to snowmobile, but if you're in Iron Mountain, impressively, 280 a gallon, the cheapest price today in Michigan is in the Upper Peninsula. I don't remember seeing that last, but usually when you see prices that are well below that $3 mark, 280 to 90, that's usually what triggers then most stations to kind of re-update their price. Hmm. I have never heard of a price war in the UP and people will not be rushing to get up there since it would take more gas and be worth to receive that. I want to talk a little bit about why the winter blend is cheaper than the summer blend. A lot of it, Tony, in the winter, there's a lot more commonality when it comes to gasoline. There are fewer standards. So instead of having eight Olympic-sized pools only with a little bit of gasoline, we have maybe one Olympic-sized pool and it's full to the brim. So supply is easier in the winter because we're basically all on the same thing. Even here in Chicago, we use something that's less stringent in the winter. So that's part of it. But the biggest deal, Tony, is butane. In the winter, there is more butane and gasoline. Now, that's not as great for air pollution, but when the weather's colder, it doesn't make really any difference. That butane, Tony, is generally sold for under a dollar a gallon, maybe just a little bit above it, depending on the time of year. Butane is a much cheaper, kind of a filler, if you will, Tony. You can cut gasoline. There's not much hit at all, really, to gasoline mileage. There is a slight hit. If you drive perfectly in a lab, you'll probably get 2 to 5% fewer miles per gallon, but most people really don't notice, and the cost is a lot less. We're talking with Patrick DeHaan from Gas Buddy. He's the Gas Buddy guy. When we come back, we're going to talk about the war and how wars could affect petroleum and, more importantly, gasoline prices. We'll do that next. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. Welcome back to Media Business. We're talking with Patrick DeHaan. So, Patrick, you touched on it a little bit, but I just wanted to hit it one more time. How do wars affect the price of petroleum, gasoline? You had mentioned that as they move along in their length, that things stabilize a little bit when it comes to prices. But talk a little bit more about that. Well, Tony, there's a lot of different impacts depending on the, where a war could emerge and depending on who's involved. In the case of Israel and Hamas, it clearly has not had an impact on oil prices for the simple reason that this is not a region of the Middle East that produces crude oil. Now, if it dovetails into something more significant, if Iran gets involved, Tony, well, then that's a worry because Iran is a pretty noticeable oil producer. Same thing, the Russia war in Ukraine, that only had an impact because Russia is a major oil producer. And you can bet that when there's war being waged, that there's going to be an impact 
potentially from the party that's starting the war in the form of sanctions against them or something else. So a lot of you know the variance with what affects prices and what doesn't is basically the importance of the supply and demand and how that changes as a function of war. There has been talk here in the States in regards to Iran and their oil production and re-implementing sanctions and tariffs. How would that affect gas supply? Well, that certainly could constrain things again. If the administration were to act to sanction Iran in a more significant way, keep in mind there have been sanctions on the books for quite some time as a result of the U.S. pulling out of the joint plan of action from the Trump era and the nuclear plans that they had. So, you know, if there are more heavily sanctions applied here, that could imperil the flow of oil and that could have more of a dramatic impact. But uh, again, Iran's oil hasn't really been counted on for the last couple of years as a result of those sanctions. So Iran may not have as big of a role as, say, something happening in Canada or the United States. Patrick, how long would it take for us to ramp up production here stateside to the levels that we saw prior to the Biden administration? Well, we're basically at those levels today, Tony. It's taken about uh, three years for us to get back here, but oil companies have slowly raised output, being much more cautious about doing so, given the heightened differences in the economy, kind of balancing the rise in inflation. But the rise in oil prices incentivized a slow but steady return of U.S. oil production. So we are actually back at the record level that we saw in Trump's basically last six months. The U.S. was producing 13.2 million barrels in the March of 2020, just before COVID hit. And now we're back at that level. So, you know, if you were to put it all into context, the U.S. now for the past several weeks has been producing more oil than we saw the U.S. producing during, say, north of 95% of Trump's presidency. Where are we in regards to exploration and perhaps implementing new wells? Well, the rig count has been falling, and that's where the presidential policy may be kind of staving off investment. But the rise in inflation is probably holding back oil companies from wanting to do that spending as well, simply because the cost of new exploration is quite expensive. So that's where kind of business conditions are going to be what dictate how quickly additional oil supplies come online. And keep in mind, the model from oil companies has been to slowly raise production instead of just going full force like they did back in 2015, which ultimately cost them a lot of money when the Saudis essentially flooded the market. So they're very careful, cautious, and calculated when raising out. But we couldn't quickly raise output moving forward. It would probably take quite a bit of time, unlike Saudi Arabia and Russia, who have cut production, they have more of a kind of a light switch, if you will. They can flip a switch and basically start ramping up production much quicker than the U.S. The U.S. is producing basically at capacity. So to go beyond that would take a lot of time, whereas Russia and Saudi Arabia are not producing at capacity. And so some of their capacity could be switched back on. Patrick, we're a year away from another big election, presidential election, as well as many other offices. How does an election affect production? Really doesn't. It's more of a political attack one way or another. U.S. oil companies are continuing to do what they do. That is, they'll produce gasoline, they'll produce oil, they'll produce diesel. And an election's not going to sway them to say cut out, but they're going to do what's best for their shareholders. Now, an election's going to make a lot of work for me trying to differentiate what's true and what's fiction. But there'll be a lot of finger pointing, Tony. And I can almost guarantee you that next fall, prices at the pump are going to go down because they go down 
going into the fall every year. And it just so happens that elections in November, prices generally will fall in the fall and they'll go up in the spring. So if you were to move to the election of the spring, well, then you'd always see gas prices going up. But this is the first year we've kind of seen a return to that seasonality. Last year, prices kind of jumped into the fall, but then plummeted after things started improving. So expect prices to moderate ahead of next year's election. Yeah, the last time we had you on the program, I've received a few emails from folks, and that's what we'll dive into next. And the question I received from three different listeners was, what affects oil production and prices the most? So we'll dive into that for our final segment with Patrick DeHaan. I'm Tony Conley. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We do office and have been exceeding our customers' expectations since 1984. DBI is celebrating its 30th anniversary as a premier office supply and furniture dealer in mid-Michigan. DBI offers more products and services than any other office supply and furniture dealer in mid-Michigan. Find out what DBI can do for your office at dbis.com. And welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We've got a great conversation going on with Patrick DeHaan. So, Patrick, as I mentioned going into the break, I've had some of our listeners email me and wonder what affects production the most, what affects prices the most when it comes to petroleum and gasoline prices. Well, Tony, it's a really loaded question, but a lot of it really has to do with economics, supply and demand. There are issues both on the demand side of things that can impact prices. Think about how demand goes up every summer that pushes prices up. There are things on the supply side of the equation that can impact prices. OPEC cutting production, U.S. oil production rising to record. So there's a lot of different things. Basically, Tony, any different issue that could affect either the supply or demand equation of the price of oil could affect what you pay at the pump. And that's just a lot of probably several chapters if you're writing a book. There's a lot that can influence either side of that equation. How about the stock market? Does it affect production, the price of oil? Well, a lot of the same issues, Tony, that would affect the stock market would affect the price of oil because the two are kind of tied together. That is, they're kind of a barometer of the economy. When the stock market is up, it generally means a stronger, healthier economy in which Americans are more prosperous. And that happens to lead to increases in demand and consumption. So a lot of the time, I think, Tony, years ago, I did a quick analysis that when the Dow Jones moves up or down more than 100 points in a single session, oil prices follow to a similar degree north of 95% of the time. So there's a very strong correlation between movements in the stock market and movements in the price of oil. Patrick, in a post earlier today, as we're recording this interview, you posted, did you know leaded fuel still existed? I didn't know we still had leaded gasoline. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's more like leaded aviation gas or what we call avgas. And uh, that goes you know, back into the 70s. There's still a lot of aircraft, Tony, Cessnas, Beechwoods, a lot of piston-driven aircraft engines that rely on leaded fuel. And you know, it's kind of interesting, of course, unleaded fuel 
you know, was a thing phased in 35 or 40 years ago. But since then, we have still continued to see leaded aviation gas used across the United States. So kind of has to do with the fact that a lot of those old aircraft have older piston engines that really need leaded gas, not only for the fact that leaded fuel brings up the octane rating, a lot of that now is done by ethanol raising the octane rating, but leaded fuel also helped reduce engine wear all those years ago. And of course, that is extremely important in aircraft engines. Patrick, even though it's quite a bit of ways from us, you recently posted about the state of Georgia and they're getting ready yeah. to see a pretty hefty hike in gas. Tell us about that. Yeah, Tony, Georgia has been under a gas tax holiday for the last two months, meaning that Georgia has not been collecting gasoline tax. And that has led to prices in Georgia that are among the nation's lowest, primarily because Georgia, in allowing this tax holiday to go forward, are not collecting about 30 cents a gallon on gasoline. And so that has reduced the price of gasoline. Once that holiday expires here in the next few days, as long as it does, it's also going to mean a hefty increase for the average price of gasoline once Georgia starts collecting that 31 cent gasoline tax again. So, you know, we've seen this last year. A lot of states were doing gas tax holidays to reduce the price of gasoline. We did not see Congress act. Though President Biden openly called on Congress last year to legislate a temporary reprieve on the federal gas tax. We never saw that. But some states have still been doing that. And that can both push prices down significantly when those tax holidays start, but then also cause an abrupt jump in prices once those tax holidays are over. It seems like California always has the highest gas prices. Where are they at uh, as we speak, Patrick? Yeah, Tony, they're at about five oh nine a gallon. They're the only state in the nation over that $5 a gallon mark. But the good news is California has seen a drop of over a dollar a gallon compared to late September. And the good news for California is they'll continue to fall. Now, much of the reason California is much higher is because a lot of regulations exist at the statewide level. They have special blends of gasoline. They have high taxes. They have a carbon cap and trade program, which basically costs you, Tony, about 20 to 30 cents a gallon because you have to have the right to burn that gasoline. So there's a lot of different bureaucracy in California that drives up prices there. But even there, prices are down significantly. Patrick, I know that we touched on this a little bit, but on our way out the door here, wanted to get your take on holiday gasoline prices. Thanksgiving's coming up, Christmas. You mentioned that when demand increases, usually price increases. Where do you see us going? I know we're a bit away from that, but what do you think we're going to see gas price-wise during the holidays? Overall, the good news, Tony, is that while a lot of Americans hit the road, we tend to see a lot of Americans kind of stay in place for three days over the long weekend. So traditionally, Thanksgiving is not a holiday like July 4, where everyone is out moving, putting the boat in the lake and just going crazy on demand. Thanksgiving is usually a little bit more muted on demand. Having said that, I think the national average could fall another 10 cents a gallon by Thanksgiving. And in Michigan, I think we'll Probably get a price cycle just before Thanksgiving. If we chart out that two-week cycle that happens, that means that right around Thanksgiving, we're going to see a bump up at the pump. But before that, I think the average in Michigan could fall from 344 a gallon today into the 320s, maybe even a little lower with more stations in Michigan below that $3 a gallon mark. And Tony, by the way, we have about nine states today that are averaging less than $3 a gallon for gasoline. That's the great news. And in over 38 states, you can find at least one station below $3 a gallon. So going into the holiday, you know, Thanksgiving is a great holiday. I love it because it generally is one of the cheapest holidays of the year for filling your tank. And that's going to hold true again this year. 
And Patrick, where can folks find you on LinkedIn, on X, as well as your podcast? Yeah, Tony, they can find the podcast, the Over a Barrel podcast, wherever you listen to them, whether it's Apple or Spotify. They can find me on X or Twitter at Gas Buddy Guy or Gas Buddy. They can read some of the things I analyze and put out there at the Gas Buddy's blog on the website, gasbuddy.com. And they can download the app, Tony. If you're hitting the road for Thanksgiving, make sure to shop around with that Gas Buddy app. That'll help you save hopefully 10 to 25 cents a gallon. Hey, it's Patrick Dehan. Patrick, I appreciate you so much, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks as always, Tony, for having me. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We'll see you next time.